0: You're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my career working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today, we're going to talk about public charge.
1: Okay, so this is complicated. (laughs) Um, And first of all, let me apologize for the language. Public charge is the government's word not ours Mm -hmm. um but the administration has been floating a new rule and Mm -hmm. this week came out with a final rule that determines what makes someone a so-called public charge that is somebody who's going to be dependent upon others for their support and if you're deemed a public charge then you can be denied a change in immigration status including a visa or green card Back in days of yore, being a public charge meant getting direct cash assistance from the government. Now, but since
0: we don't do that anymore. We don't do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, sorry. we covered
1: that last time. Right. <laughs> um, so the government has greatly expanded what mm-hmm. makes someone a public charge, um, including things like SNAP and Section 8, things that um, by and large are accessed by people who are working and earning their own money.
0: Wait, Colleen, I want to read you the, um, the heavily weighted negative factors and the heavily weighted positive factors. So the heavily weighted negative factors are the things that are going to make people be considered a public charge. Lack of employability, current receipt of one or more public benefit, and we'll get to what those are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, receipt of public benefits within 36 months before filing, financial means to pay for medical costs, and alien, that's another word, why don't yeah, we use not that? not fond of it. Alien, pre- <laughs> that would be an understatement, wouldn't it? Um, alien previously found inadmissible or deportable based on public charge. Those are the heavily weighted negative factors. Now the positive factors, heavily weighted positive factors are um, affidavit of support, family relationships, English ability, education, private health insurance, work history, receipt of co- grants, contractor or licensures, caregiver or ability to work in the future. This idea, you know, there was a long part in this over 800 pages about, um, you know, some people made lots of comments and they published all the comments. I think that's a lot of why it's the 800 pages. but. Um, People talk about the fact that many Americans born here, citizens, don't have enough money for a medical emergency. That's correct. And basically, the answer to that, their answer is, you know, we appreciate. So all of their answers start with, we appreciate the comment. Um, You know, that they appreciate the comment, but that that's too bad, that, yes, that may be true that many Americans don't, but any immigrant who wants citizenship or wants to maintain their green card or their status needs to have that money.
1: Yeah, so it sort of brings up the question, what is immigration about? Mm-hmm. Um, generally, you immigrate to a country when things aren't going great where you are. Right. Um, like I'm thinking about it at the moment. <laughs>
0: Yes,' that's, that's exactly right. And so yes, there are some people who come here because they, um, you know were have, I want to go to graduate school here or something like that, or were professionals in the country that they lived in and for one reason or another need to leave that country and come here. But that's always going to be a small percentage of people, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, a lot of the comments also have to do with um, people being afraid because of this.
1: Well, I mean, I think that that's really the point, mm-hmm. right? Um, we know that U.S. citizen children... Mm-hmm. are exempt from this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you t- you tend to apply for benefits as a family, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So if your U.S. citizen child needs housing assistance, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be in the Section 8 apartment.
0: Right. And it's interesting because they make a point in this, one of the sort of fine points they make is that it's only counted if you are named. So they're saying, you know, which is, it? it, it is legal to apply for food stamps for SNAP just for a child right so not as a family and there are benefits you can apply for that way but that's really complicated and that's really really putting sort of a point on the head of a pin
1: yeah it is um so I'd like to read a statement by um Reverend Douglas Greenway, who's president and CAO of the National WIC Association, who explains that a bit. Mm-hmm. He says, to the communities affected by this rule, let me be clear. WIC's clinic doors remain open. The final rule does not impose barriers on families for accessing WIC or women from accessing Medicaid when they are pregnant or for 60 days after delivery. After that, the hell with you. That's
0: my <laughs> well, you know, condition. right, they've already done their bit.
1: The final rule does not penalize families if their U.S. citizen child is accessing benefits. We stand at your side, forever committed to our mission of delivering quality nutrition services and breastfeeding support for all families. The public charge rule will nevertheless punish families for accessing Medicaid, SNAP, or housing assistance. These programs save lives. These are programs that lift families out of poverty. These are essential tools in the national product to hold life in America as a global ideal, a shining city upon a hill. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and and,
0: and I think to speak to that, I'm I'm looking at the 800-page document right now, and one of the commenters talks about. Um, You know, it says, commenters generally stated the rule creates an ageist system that favors wealthy, healthy, and highly educated individuals, right? Which... It It does. It does, yeah. But, so I just want to read you a little bit of their response. To the extent that this rule, as applied, may result in negative outcomes for certain groups... DHS notes that it did not codify this final rule to discriminate against aliens based on age, gender, race, income, health, or social status, or to create an ageist system that selectively favors wealthy, healthy, and highly educated individuals. Rather, this rule is intended to better ensure that aliens subject to this rule are self-sufficient. To the extent that this rule specifically or disproportionately affects those of a particular age or those with lower income, less education, limited English proficiency, or poor health, DHS notes that Congress requires DHS to consider, among other factors, the applicant's age, assets, resources, financial status, education, and skills as a part of public charge, inadmissibility
1: determination. You know who disagrees with that? You? Also the Wall Street (laughs) Journal. Really? The Wall Street Journal editorialized Mm -hmm. that this was really not about saving money. Mm -hmm. This was simply an anti-immigrant piece of rulemaking.
0: Um, The number of people and groups that have come out against this is... um, you know, on one hand, I'm really, really glad because it shows that that as a country, this isn't what we want. Mm-hmm. It may be what the people in power want, mm-hmm. but it really reminds me that we have a voice. Yes. And, um, you know, and we need to find a way to use that voice. And here, you know, it's funny, because as I look through this, much of, um, you know, you do the little find thing on your computer, and you put in different words, punish comes up 15 times, Mm. right? Because that is, um, you know, what people think. And, you know, people talk about in this, um, that healthy children are linked to healthy adults, right? We know that parental health impacts children. Um, You know, they're saying, and they say several times in this document, you know, it, it may impact people badly, but that's not the point of what we're doing. So basically, we're just not going to consider that. That's separate. Yes, people may stop using benefits. People may have less food. People may not get
1: medical care. That's not our point. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, that's just all they're saying.
1: Yeah. So it's okay to cause incredible harm, even including death, Mm -hmm. as long as that's not your intention.
0: Right. And the fact, you know, it's funny because on one hand you could say, well, you know, they're saying it's not their intention. But I feel like it's when, you know, You can say that the first time until somebody says to you, oh, look, and in this also, it talks about lots of research that people cite as to the fact that this is going to cause problems for lots of people. So it doesn't get to be like, I didn't mean to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Once you do something once, isn't that what our mothers
1: tell us? Yeah. Second time's on you. Second time's on you. And third time... You go to your room for a long time. Long time. I'd like to send somebody to their room. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, you know, and it's funny, you know, in the in the comment you read from WIC, which is an amazing comment, I really appreciate that they put that out, um, they talk about the fact that children um, are not, if, if children are using benefits or using Medicaid or WIC or what have you, that's not counted, or women who are pregnant and 60 days after birth. That is the one thing, it seems to me, and I could have missed something else in this 800 pages, that's the one thing that the administration
1: changed from the draft to this final version. Because of the amount of feedback they got. I mean, it's a, it's a right. slight walk back. Slight walk back. I mean, the fact that
0: they even would have thought
1: of considering benefits that a kid gets, yeah, so let's let's pretend that we're heartless people. Okay, Like sure. those who drafted this. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part we're talking about US citizen children. Mhm. They're here. Mhm. Forever. Mhm. We want them to be healthy. Yes. We want them to succeed in school. Right. This rule makes it harder for them to do either. Right. I I mean I, the thing
0: is and And it's funny, and it's part of the reason that deep down I really don't believe that it is about money, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything in this says over and over again, this doesn't count for emergencies. If you have emergent health care and go to the hospital, that's not going to be counted against you.
1: That's all people are going to have. That's all people are going to have. Also, you're not going to know, right? Like, oh gosh, I've got chest pains. Maybe it's heartburn. Right. I don't, I'm not going to go to the hospital and screw up my visa. Right. Right.
0: Exactly. And, and, and I think one of the things, you know, you and I were talking about this before that is really important for people to think about, about this is that we know some people are going to be afraid and are going to forego benefits in order to Mm -hmm. get their immigration status to be where they need it to be. Um, but there are lots of exceptions
1: and exemptions, um, but they're really, really hard to understand. They are. So everybody really needs to consult an expert before they decide not to access a benefit for themselves or their child. Right. right. Um, local legal aid offices mm-hmm. have done tremendous work on Amazing. this. Immigrants' right groups have done tremendous work. Mm-hmm. So check with somebody before you decide not to get something that you need. Right. And also check with somebody before you give something up. I and mean, one of the
0: things that's also really complicated about this, and um, I'm not sure even if we, can, if, if we can talk about it in a way that'll make sense, but I'm going to try, is this idea of the aggregate 36 months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that each benefit and, and this, it does, I, I feel like maybe I don't understand this and maybe you can explain it to
1: me, Colleen. Each benefit counts for a month? Right. So you, you get in trouble yeah. if you have 12 months of benefits within a 36 month period. Okay. Now say I am getting WIC and section eight Uh huh. and say I get that for six months. Yep. That's 12 months because I've had two benefits for six months. So basically, each month of each benefit
0: counts for a month of benefits. That's correct. And in a 36-month period, 12 months of benefits.
1: That's correct. So this whole concept of public charge, right, that this is a person who can't support themselves, mm-hmm. The way they do the accounting really undermines that. Yeah, Right? Because you can be getting assistance for a very short period of time. Uh And if you're unemployed, you may need three or four different things. Sure. But even if that's like a little three-month bridge to get you to your next job, you're already in trouble.
0: Right. And they make a big point in this about saying, you know, we look at the specifics of each situation and, and that's what we started with, which is that it's totally subjective. It is subjective. So, yeah. you know, some we we would hope somebody making these decisions would look at that and say, you know, well this person really, well they may have gotten several benefit, got it for a short period mm-hmm. of time. They might not. They'd be within their rights to ignore that.
1: Right. I mean, it really depends on the person making the decision. Probably depends on what region of the country you're in Mm -hmm. when that decision is being made. Um, And another thing to really think about is, you know, say you're getting SNAP, say you're getting housing assistance. Mm -hmm. These are, A, people who are here documented. Yes. People who are following the rules. Who are eligible. Who are eligible. And like most U.S. citizens Mm -hmm. who are getting those benefits, most of them are working. Right. So if we want to save money by throwing people out of the country, maybe we should throw out employers who don't pay their employees a living wage. So yes, not for nothing, right? There was that huge raid in
0: Mississippi.
1: They didn't arrest the employer. No, they did not. The employer then had job fair actually. Oh my God. Because those jobs are hard to fill because American citizens don't want to do those jobs. I I mean, I'm sorry.
0: This is... So for any of our listeners, you should know, this is where Colleen and I always get in our conversations where we're both sitting there staring at each other, not able to speak because we're so
1: horrified. It is really horrifying. I mean, like a quarter of the population that provides home health care services... Are immigrants do you want to get rid of them so so right I mean there's
0: you know you're trying to be reach to, to have a reasonable response to a crazy yeah. idea yeah no I mean first off and you know this is where we just get lost these days these are people right. these are people human beings they're people who are here and yes we are a country and a society of laws But we're talking about people following the laws. Mm -hmm. These are, you know, you don't get, I mean, for anybody who doesn't understand how benefits in America work, it's not like you walk in some place and someone says, hey, here, why don't you just take SNAP? I mean, getting SNAP benefits is a process. It's difficult. And you have to be approved, which means you have to be eligible. And that's what it says a lot in this document. We understand people are eligible. We're just saying they can't stay yeah. if they take advantage of their legal rights. Yeah, Like, what's up with that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, once again, I agree with the Wall Street Journal. It's not about <laughs> So can saving- I just stop
0: for a minute and say, <laughs> I really want to make sure we get that on tape. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Colleen agrees with the Wall Street Journal.
1: It's, I once had a piece in the Wall Street Journal. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, things um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's not about saving money. It's right. about discouraging immigration. Right. It's about telling people in already desperate situations, hey, don't come here because we're going to be horrible to you. Right. And it's not going to work because we know that people in really desperate situations continue to come. So on one hand, we're saying, come legally,
0: apply for benefits that you're legally eligible for. And on the other hand, we're saying, even if you do those things, Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have it held against you.
1: Yes. I mean, a it, it, very common talking point is I don't have anything against immigrants, but they need to do it the right way. Right. They're doing it the right now, way. This rule specifically punishes people who are doing it the quote-unquote right way. Right. This is not about illegal immigration. This is not about
0: benefit fraud. None of that. This is just saying, you know, and, and I think that the reason, you know, there's been so much um response to this among um certainly among nonprofits. I mean, every everybody has released statements saying mm-hmm. that they're opposed to it. Um, you know, but also by state attorney generals and um Governors, and you were talking about the state attorney generals.
1: Yeah, a number of states are filing suit mm-hmm. against the federal government to block this rule. right So that's something that listeners can do. You can find out if your state is participating in the lawsuit and if not, write or call your attorney general or governor and say that you want in right.
0: And if they are, you can write or call and say, I'm proud to live in yep. a state that respects the rights. Of everybody, yep, you know, and I think that in so much now, there's so much horrible stuff going on that we think a lot about um, being loud about that, mm-hmm. and I think that we've got to find a way to let those who are representing us know that they're representing us and that we appreciate them.
1: Yeah, you're
0: right. Um, you know, and and that's true regardless of who your candidate is. You know, give a couple dollars. It yep. doesn't have to be much. Yep. Um, but showing that you want to be active. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, Colleen. What are some of the other things people can do?
1: Well, you know, we always talk about how you shouldn't have to rely on the kindness of strangers. There are things the government should provide, like Mm -hmm. SNAP and Section 8. But if government refuses to provide that, Mm -hmm. um, you can support nonprofits in your communities that are meeting people's basic needs Mm -hmm. outside of the government.
0: Right, because certainly we know, and and the statement that we released from the National Diaper Bank Network indicates we know that there are going to be, there's going to be an increase in need for food, for basic needs, for diapers, period products. People are going to forego these benefits so as not to be seen as a public charge. So there, there are those kinds of nonprofits, and it's really important to support those. It's also really important to support organizations that um, work as sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So in your community, mm-hmm. there is somebody right who takes care of immigrants and refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Haven, we have Iris, which is hooked up in with faith communities mm-hmm. all over the state. Um, many of them sponsor families who are new to the United States, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've been involved in a bit of that and it's beautiful to really see people find their feet. Mm -hmm. People need a little help starting out. Of course. But I've never met people so eager to give
0: back. Right. And and so the human side of it is heartbreaking because, you know, and we, we talk about this all the time. We're mothers. All any mother wants, all any parent wants is the best for their child. And, you know, yes, being an American citizen is an amazing thing. America is a great country. People want to live here because there are incredible opportunities. But making a parent decide if their child is going to get that opportunity or they're going to have food what kind
1: of decision is that?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: It's not what I learned in civics class.
0: No, you know, you were talking about that before. That's sort of interesting.
1: Well, you know, we've never been as good as this sort of 4th of July swelling music version of ourselves. We've never Never. entirely lived up to that poem at the foot of the Statue of Liberty. Right. But... I think in our best moments... I think the fact that that's who we want to be counts for something. I think that's pushed us mm. in a better direction. And I'm afraid that's not who we want to be anymore. You know, I think
0: that you're right, that that is a big part of it. You know, you do hear lots and lots of people saying, you know, because we all, I say it all the time, oh my God, who are we? How did we become this? And people say, you know, we've always been this. And mm-hmm. and it's true. It's not like we... Um, We've done a little, a lot of horrible things in our country, and there's a lot of awful history. It doesn't mean that it's all been bad. It doesn't mean that there's not positives, but there are a lot of negatives.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of negatives, but I felt that we had at least some aspiration mm-hmm. to work toward more justice. Yes. And more inclusion. Yes. Things, uh, forms of discrimination that were legal when we were children are no longer legal. Right. And we're going back to
0: it. I and mean, basically we're going back. That's exactly right, Colleen. We are fine doing an end run around those changes in laws and, and the, um, you know, we, we, we're... We're allowing discrimination. I mean, it's a little bit off the public charge thing, but was it yesterday or the day before? They announced that federal contractors can discriminate. Based yeah,
1: they can hire people based on their sexual orientation, fire people based on their sexual orientation.
0: And they can fire single pregnant women. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know the hussies. Not
1: the men who are pregnant no. with them, though. It's funny. no.
0: But, but, I mean, can you imagine I'm going to fire somebody because they're pregnant and not
1: married? Unless they consent to wear a scarlet aid to work. Well, sure. Sometimes I just like to wear one for fun. Yeah.
0: You know. Um,
1: It's a good color for you. Thank you. Okay. I'm a flaming liberal and I believe that everybody's equal and should be honored. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe that, okay. But your strategy to enforce that is going to be to make children go hungry? Yeah. Right. I mean, yes,
0: it's it's insane. It is insane. You know, somebody, and again, I I don't um, remember which right-wing pundit it was, There were um, pictures of the kids in Mississippi whose parents had been Mm -hmm. picked up. And and there's a picture of a girl sitting, it seemed like, on the floor of a gym in the school or something, eating pizza. And this pundit said, look at that. She's dressed. She has nice clothes on. She's eating pizza. That doesn't seem so bad. She
1: was just effectively orphaned by your government. Yes. And... You gave her pizza. Well, okay. Would you feel happier if she didn't have food? I guess that's what this rule accomplishes. Yes, that's exactly what it is, Colleen.
0: They would feel better if people didn't have food, food that they didn't deserve. Lordy. Yeah, no, it's bad, Colleen. This one is particularly bad. Um, I mean, they've all been particularly bad. This one is really, it's heart-wrenching because it is it is a public document saying that our country cares more about money than people and i think that's something else that our listeners can do which is to have you know take out the rhetoric about mm-hmm. immigration and w- why do people immigrate why do people immigrate here why do people immigrate to other countries why do people emigrate
1: so I know how my family got here. In the right. 1840s, my first ancestor arrived. There was a potato famine in Ireland. A mm-hmm. quarter of the population starved. He signed his will with an X, which meant he was illiterate. Right. He was a farmer in Ireland, which meant he had no assets because mm-hmm. the British owned all the land at that time. He couldn't get in today. No, absolutely
0: not. You know, and it, it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know all of the stories of my family coming here, um, but certainly they all came from Russia and Eastern Europe in the late 1800s, um, and we know why Jews were leaving yeah. um, Russia and, and Eastern Europe at that time. Um, my great-grandma, Jessie Sherman, um, was ca- came here as, you know, I, I don't know how old she was. There were different stories about it, but, you know, maybe 13 or something. She got out of Russia hiding in a haystack, um, you know, and she always would tell the story of of soldiers, you know, putting bayonets into the haystack to mm-hmm. see if there were people. And she was lucky that that it missed her. Um, but you know certainly, when she came here, she didn't have anything. and and we used to
1: be proud of that, right, exactly. We used to be proud to be the country who welcome people like our ancestors, like the ancestors of most Americans.
0: Uh, Right. And, you know, you look at your ancestors and my ancestors, yes, they would have been considered a public charge. But go three, four generations later.
1: He had a grandson who was president of Fordham University.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, we've got doctors, lawyers, we're, paying taxes we're you know yeah. so, so to say we're going to make a decision based on this one person
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it doesn't
1: talk about the fabric of america it doesn't it's rejecting what was best about this country it really is a nightmare colleen so we can make it a little better yep by giving as much as we can in our own communities yep by sponsoring immigrants yep by standing behind our political leaders who are standing up for something better. Mm -hmm. And we can never, ever, ever accept it. We can never stop talking about it. We can never stop objecting to it. We can never stop saying, this may be who we are now, but it's not who we want to be. And it's not who I am. It's not who I am. Right? And
0: as long as it's not who you are, you can continue to
1: fight to change it. You got it, buddy. You got it, Colleen. Thanks for listening to Broke. Do you have a story to tell about how poverty is affecting your life? We want to hear from you. Send us an email at americanbroke@gmail.com at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 203-508-0879. We may play it on a future episode.